Mel Yummy Mummy Geriatric Mum? How the f*** did that happen? Hi, I'm Sally Wallace and welcome to my podcast, Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Why the name? Well, it's a label that I've been slapped with recently, so I've decided to embrace it. But don't worry, it's not all sore nips and stretch marks from here onwards. As a former radio presenter, public speaker, and someone who's a huge advocate of keeping banter alive, each week I'll be sharing life observations with a twist, random questions, subject matters that'll blow your mind, like, do we really eat spiders in our sleep? Am I the only woman who walks around with crystals in her bra? And... Why is it that my husband's clothes and socks are so much more comfortable than my own? All gripping stuff. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Something has brought you here today, and I think it's because we're on the same vibration station. Thank you so much for having a listen. I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. My name is Sally Wallace and I am your host. I love nothing more than getting a good guest speaker on this show. I genuinely enjoy it. I love other people's opinions, but I also love it when it's somebody who I massively rate, who is a fountain of knowledge on information that can help so many women. Now, this lady's helped me huge amounts when I first started my journey um, to have Roman, uh, who's my little boy. And I was so excited when she said that she would come on the podcast and share her her pearls of wisdom, because they truly are pearls of wisdom. This is going to be one of those podcasts that you're going to want to listen back to probably a couple of times, or maybe sit in the car when you know when you're listening and you pull up outside the house and you're like, shit, I'm outside the house. I don't want to go in yet. I just need to listen to the end of it. Yes, it's going to be one of those. Right. So I'm going to let this lady introduce herself. Obviously, I'm going to introduce her first. But uh, I, honestly, I'm so excited to welcome Gabby to the podcast. Hello, Gabby. Hello, Sally. Thank you for having me. No, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Now, Gabby, I really want you to introduce yourself and explain what it is that you do because it's it's quite magical. I love the fact that I've been described as a fountain of knowledge. <laughs> Thank you for that. You I'm a naturopath and I'm a herbalist. But before before we actually press record, I'm not joking. My notepad's already full of things that Gabby was telling me. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you start again. I'm writing everything down always. <laughs> Go for it. Sorry, Gabby, introduce yourself. I am a naturopath and I'm a herbalist. And what that means is I look at somebody's diet and lifestyle and I read something called the body whispers. Now, that is the most fascinating subject and it's something that everybody should learn because your body is constantly giving you little tiny messages in the form of whispers to tell you if something's out of balance. And so the art is learning to tune into what those whispers are and then interpret them. And so to do that, I use techniques such as iridology, which is the art of analyzing the iris to see where uh, the potential strengths and weaknesses. I look at people's nails, their tongue, their face, and I obviously listen to what people are telling me and listen to the, their voice to see where something is actually carrying quite a lot of emotion. And the body whispers are really what guide me in helping to rebalance somebody. So people come to me for all types of reasons, but obviously fertility or women's health in general, actually right through to menopause and beyond is such a huge subject. And I think it's something that we should all be talking more about. I suppose this is the catalyst why I really started this podcast was because when I had Roman, which is three years ago now, 
It was so taboo. And I do think that in such a short space of time, more people are starting to talk about the fact that they're having problems getting pregnant. But women, we see it as a... Because it's the one thing that our bodies are supposed to do. We see it as a failure. So we don't really share. But then we don't realise, I think, with all modern day sort of living and, you know, women, we're career women. We're not only career women, we're party girls at the same time. And of course, we're adventurous and we go travelling. But we need to get a mortgage and we've got to settle down. So you've got all these pressures. And then actually... When we do take it back to basics, it's somebody that's got your skill set and knowledge is it's, you know, it's crazy, but it's almost taking things back to basics where it should really start, isn't it? It's definitely going back to basics and grassroots. And in fact, what I do find is that you're right, people come and they feel a failure because they should be able to conceive, as it were. But when you look at their life, they have so many amazing achievements and what I find is actually people are, are high achievers and they fit a lot into their life. And this is one thing that they just kind of can't seem to, to grasp. But the body is an incredible thing and the body is designed to procreate. But it is about creating the right conditions for the body in order for it to do that. And one of the naturopathic principles is about education. And so I spend a lot of time teaching people how we can actually um, start to open up the body's elimination channels so that it's freer to do what it needs to do. So what I mean by that is we actually have six main elimination channels. Now I need to see if I can remember these. I'm gripped, by the way. I've got my notepad out. <laughs> I've literally, I've not moved. That's not like me at all. I'm like, that. Oh, yeah, carry on, have it. Quick, come on. <laughs> so your bowel is a major elimination channel. And so if you are not pooing, once for every main meal that you're having, so really we should be pooing two or three times a day, then those toxins are going to be recirculated around the body. Now that puts pressure on the other elimination channel, which is your liver. Your liver is majorly involved in hormone balance. And so for somebody that perhaps has got insufficient levels of estrogen, progesterone, or maybe there's raised sex hormone binding globulin, which is affecting their ability to conceive, then the liver is going to be vital. We've also got the kidneys, your kidneys filter. And in fact, they're filtering the entire bloodstream, as does the liver. In fact, I think the bloodstream runs through those elimination organs uh, as a complete circuit every three minutes. So the water, water intake is absolutely vital. But it's not just water, it's also having that right balance of minerals within your diet so that you um, deal with water appropriately. Otherwise, if you're drinking and peeing, that's, that's not going to work. It's not hydrating the body. And then we have your lymphatic system. So your lymph and your bloodstream are actually classed as another main elimination organ altogether. Your lymph runs alongside your bloodstream and keeps it nice and clean. But if you're not peeing regularly and say your liver and kidneys are not eliminating as effectively as they could be, then your lymphatic system is actually going to be um, encumbered. It's going to be a little bit toxic, as it were. So there's ways that we can actually stimulate that lymphatic system. And we can do that with alternating the temperature of the shower, so hot, cold waters. So 30 seconds freezing if you can. And then you can go back to a minute hot. Oh, do you know but what this is? I keep hearing this about having a cold shower. And you see now there's a lot of people doing um, cold water swimming as well, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Have you done it, Gabby? Yes. Oh, have I you? Have. 
Because yeah. this is so it's my birthday in July, and a couple of my girlfriends are like, "Come on, Sally, let's do it. Let's go and do it somewhere, and go like swimming." Because there's some beautiful places to do it up in the north, isn't there, of the UK? So we, um, I think it's the Peachtree. They've got these reservoirs that you can go to, or just getting yourself in a little stream. Do you- well, we're in May. Why are you waiting till July? Contact you swim and go at the weekend. Oh, do, you, do you, is there a place locally? Is there? Yes. So if you go online to you swim, you'll find your local area for cold water swimming so mm. in sale they have uh, cold water swimming right sorry to interrupt you i'm just really glad that you've shared that as well let me put that on my notepad yeah, cold water <laughs> is, for your system. is it really yeah and then um skin brushing that's another amazing one so grab a skin brush careful the type that you use because you don't want to scratch your skin so you don't want plastic bristles you want sisal or bamboo that type of thing but before you get into the shower, on dry skin, start at the soles of your feet and brush brush briskly. That's hard to say, isn't it? Brush briskly <laughs> up the body. Um, so each area having about five to seven strokes, always towards your heart and cover the whole of your body. It's amazing. You feel like your skin's all tingly and fresh. You know, people with psoriasis, eczema, they need to improve that elimination organ, the skin. And even when somebody has really, really bad eczema or psoriasis, when they come back to me after six weeks, you can see that it's still there. But wow, the skin quality is so much better. This is totally how you and I met. So I used to go and see, uh, Gabby's got her own clinic, which is in Alderley Edge, the Natural Practices Clinic. So I used to start going to see Gemma Nelson for my colonics. And I'm I'm going to get Gemma on a podcast because she's just... Oh, I love Gemma. Uh, Gemma is just amazing and Gemma's actually moved to Dubai now she lives in Dubai now so I'll never forget I went I, I needed to see her because I uh, totally you know absolutely champion what you say about going for a poo and I was super stressful job at the time so I got chatting with Gemma I have psoriasis which I need to do a podcast about I need to do more podcasts about psoriasis and Gemma taught me all about skin brushing and she'll be so proud of me because I skin brushed throughout the whole of my pregnancy. I skin brushed constantly the whole time. And I've had a skin brushing session just this morning before the shower. That's amazing. You've got a good video of Gemma doing the skin brushing. Do you know what? I did it years ago. I need to find it. I don't know where it's gone. I'll have to find it. I'll have to find it and get it out. Because, yeah, she was she was so sweet. I did a little video blog of Gemma doing skin brushing because I rated it that much. And she's got a little skin brush in her hand. She's going, brush, 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 brush. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Oh, so cute. That would be great, which is that next elimination organ. It's the skin. So after your blood and lymph, you've got the skin. So the skin needs to be eliminating effectively. But just like it eliminates, it also absorbs. You know, that's why they have things like uh, medication in patches. The skin is highly absorbent. So what are you putting onto your skin? Think about your skincare routine. Make sure it doesn't contain toxins because a lot of these things really impact on your estrogen receptors and that can affect your healthy estrogen levels and I'm going to come back to that point that the last elimination organ is the lungs and it's amazing how many people have plug-ins or you know they're using bleach around the house think about what's around the home think about whether there's mold around you're inhaling all of these things so try to keep your air as pure as possible you can buy a simple plug-in HEPA air filter but, you know, they're really inexpensive, but you can filter the room that you spend the most time in. Do so you know what? The one thing I would say, so if you've, if you've eliminated all those six, um, how we, what other steps would you then take then to sort of make sure that you can get your body as healthy as it possibly can be to get pregnant? It's all about the internal environment. 
So that's why I've talked about opening up the elimination channel, because your body is designed to have perfect health. It's not designed for illness. Your body will always, always regenerate. And we have the capacity to produce a new life. We just have to make sure that the internal environment is appropriate to do so. So what do I mean by that? This comes down to nutrition. So making sure that you have those B vitamins and magnesium to support the nervous system. So that's things like your green leafy vegetables, it's pulses, it's lentils, it's seeds, making sure those foods are there. Red meat actually is probably one of the best sources of B12. It might not be for everybody, but I believe that that kind of dense protein is really helpful when trying to conceive. Um, it's making sure that there's adequate levels of zinc. Zinc is, does about 300 functions in the body, but massively important for um, a healthy pregnancy. And zinc can be found in things like pumpkin seeds, for example. You do need sufficient. You need about a tablespoon of pumpkin seeds each day. We need all the antioxidants. So for the liver to actually eliminate excess or false estrogens in the environment, which would then impact on fertility, we need antioxidants. So think about all your berries, all your um, dark colored fruits and vegetables. They're really rich in antioxidants. And I would say aim for the equivalence of a head of cauliflower every single day of those cruciferous vegetables. So broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts. Imagine if you made an omelette in the morning, you could pop your kale into that. Lunchtime, try and have some um, broccoli florets. Lunch, uh, evening meal, you could have um, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, etc. So it is easy. You just have to think about it. This is going to sound like a crazy question, but I'm going to put it out there for you. So I've been told that I have got low AMH and this is coming up more and more and more. The more women I speak to, the more we're seeing, we're hearing about AMH, but it's not just in 40s, it's in the 30s as well. There are women that I've met that have been told they've got low AMH and they're in the 20s, but that you're also told by the doctor that you cannot get it back. You can't get your AMH back. Yet there's some people that say, yes, you can. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts on that were, Gabby. I am not a fan of the anti-malarian hormone testing. Now, I'm not a doctor, so a doctor may give you a different point of view. But from experience, women have come into my clinic with an AMH as low as 0.03, for example. Or was it 0.003? I distinctly remember one lady where... The doctor had said to her, the AMH is so low, I'm sorry, you know, it's not going to be viable, we'll, we'll need to do IVF. And what happened from that was she broke down in front of me and she said, but I'm a barrister, I've achieved everything I've ever wanted in my life, I'm a, I'm a high achiever. And what, happened, what transpired, she wasn't actually having sex, she was so busy She'd been on a protocol with me for a long time. So the whole breakdown was that why isn't this working? Transpired she wasn't having sex. And, and she'd been told about her very, very low AMH. And so I actually took her off everything. And I said, I want you to go away and just enjoy your time with your husband. Have sex when, you know, as a fun thing, not as something you feel you should do. Uh, this lady now has three children born naturally and conceived naturally. So even with a really, really low AMH, she actually never needed that IVF. She's one of many, by the way, that uh, this has happened to, who have ended up conceiving and going forth and having a, a baby 
completely naturally. So that's why these days I don't really rate that AMH score. So I've got mine was mine was zero point zero two, I think, on the first go, and then it was one. Yes, it must have been point zero zero three. That's this yeah. So yeah. I think something like that, and then it was one. Then I was one point because they won't they won't they won't work with your own eggs over the age of forty unless you can hit a four. And the last one I had was a one point two. Then I had a one point four, but they still won't go near me. And um, that's why they've said I've got to have an egg. Uh, I've got to have egg donor. But they also said, but you could still conceive naturally, though, Sally. You really can, and I would I would hold on to that thought because I'm also a, a huge believer in destiny and the law of attraction and visualization, and I truly believe that when these things are meant to be, that they will be. Now that sounds quite hippie, I'm sure, but I've seen That's it. What you're about that? I've right. seen it practice. I like a bit of that. <laughs> You know, I've been going, um, I've been a naturopath for 20 years. I've seen some amazing, miraculous things, life-changing things. And I hugely believe that the body is, is almost magical. It certainly has this capacity. But I think it becomes very, very frustrating when people, well, women each month have that bad news that they haven't conceived. And then they're told further bad news, such as a lower AMH. My role actually is in educating people that, the, the body does have this capacity to not only heal, but to create and sustain a new life. So what are the reasons why that wouldn't be happening? Is it high immunity? So is your immune system actually attacking um, the, the cells? Is it to do with toxicity? Is it to do with nutritional imbalance? And this process of discovery is actually a journey for a woman. And it's, they love it. They, they find it absolutely fascinating to learn how their body is balanced, which areas are out of balance, and they start to tune into themselves. And what's amazing about that is they then have the tools going forward to know what to do when you know life does get busy and then we might not be eating properly and then the body expresses these little body whispers and that's when we know that we need to take action. Do you know what? It's so true you just said that. It's almost like women, we've disconnected from our bodies in certain ways. Because if you look at the education system, we're young girls, we're going to school, and the one thing that we're told, and I've mentioned this before on a podcast, is we're told how not to get pregnant. So that's the first lesson that you learn about your body is don't let it get pregnant. So it's almost like it's ingrained in you from a really early age. So that sometimes is quite traumatic as well for young girls. It's like you don't get pregnant. So you either take the pill or you have the contraceptive. Um, oh, God, what was it when I was at school? It's like the injection or the coil or make sure that your partner wears a condom. But this is what you've got to do to not get pregnant. So then this is this is me speaking from experience. This is what happened to me. So I went on the pill at 18 and stayed on the pill till I was 36. So I was on the pill for like... Oh, that's a long time. I yeah. know. But you're not on your own. But, but and, and then... This is where... All right, I know, I know you. I know you don't hold back, and you're happy to give an opinion, and that's what I love is people's opinion. And I think this is where we're living in this mad world at the moment, where we don't respect that everybody's allowed an opinion. But do you think that the pill, being on the pill for a, a long time, can also affect the body? Now, I've, in experience, I've seen this both ways. I've seen it whereby people going on the pill for, for a time and then coming off has led to them conceiving really well. But I've also seen it whereby women have been on the pill for very long periods of time. And then it's like their body never really achieves that rhythm again. And what I would say that influences this is nutritional status and genetics. So 
with with genetics we have to be able to um have certain enzymes that help us deal with toxins appropriately and if those aren't in place and they're, they're not working as effectively as they could be that would affect the ability to deal with your sex hormones nutritionally we need certain nutrients to actually be able to conceive in the first place and the pill definitely seems to affect zinc and copper balance b vitamins and magnesium now they're imperative for creating healthy progesterone and progesterone helps to create a lovely thick uterus and when if you've got very light periods that is one indication definitely that the uterine lining might not be thick enough for that egg to implant so if your periods start off quite brown, so this is a body whisper, if your periods start off quite brown and then they kind of eventually get going, it shows that there has been some what we call stagnation there. You know, I would go to an acupuncturist at that point and try to regulate your cycle. If your periods are only really lasting one or two days, that's quite indicative that progesterone levels may be insufficient. Maybe not. I would usually blood test it. Um, if your periods are clotty so there's different size clots there's 5p is it you just don't even think 10p, about it no but clotting it's sticky it's sticky blood inside is not a favorable environment so we look at nutrition in order to make that more favorable and here is where i really look at the essential fatty acids which are our omega oils so the acronym is smash salmon mackerel anchovy sardine and herrings they're your oily fish but they would help that um, the blood to flow better and not be so clotty. That can work really well. But it's also about this balance between estrogen and progesterone. And this is where the liver is very important. Now, we have three forms of estrogen. There's estrone, estradiol, and estriol. And firstly, we need to have sufficient levels. But how that estrogen is then metabolized very much relies on certain enzymes, which is genetic, and the liver as well and if it isn't metabolized appropriately you can either end up with still very low estrogen or very high estrogen but it's in the wrong form for the body to conceive and so this is why the liver health and the bowel health are absolutely vital if you're trying to conceive it's because it's going to help with the sex hormone balance and then during that time to create healthy estrogen we need to make sure we get those plant estrogens in there consuming things like yams sweet potato all those leafy greens and then natural phytoestrogenic foods which are things like um, flax seeds which are also known as linseeds um fermented soya which is what the japanese do miso tempeh I, I wouldn't have soya yogurts and i wouldn't have soya milk but natural fermented soya would be fine and then once we have those natural plant estrogens we can also use herbs to help support that as well. So things like red clover, for example, uh, sage. We bring those estrogen levels up and we support how the liver then metabolizes it. So it's, it's all about tweaking things. But once we get that balance, there is no reason why the body couldn't conceive. Uh, Gabby, you literally are a fountain of knowledge on everything. Like anything to do with nutrition. Is, I'm like, oh, what? But that's, that's so true. Because, I, I mean, God, I remember I was... I mean, I remember coming off the pill and I think, I know I was, I was petrified. 
I was absolutely petrified of coming off the pill because it was career, career, career for 14 years for me. And that's what it was. It was full on and had to be successful. And then I think I'd come off the pill and everyone, people say the most craziest things to you when you're trying to get pregnant anyway. Um, And I'd get, oh, you'll get knocked up pretty quickly. Don't you worry, it'll happen really quickly. No, no, it didn't. But also at the same time, I don't think my body was in alignment. But And you'll probably agree with me on this one. I don't think my, my brain was there either. I think my body had completely disconnected from everything. My brain had. Do you know what my mind, really? I think I was telling myself for such a long time not to get pregnant that I didn't get pregnant. And I think that had a lot to play with it as well. Here's a question I ask people is um, when they come to me and their goal is to conceive. But I actually ask, and what hours are you going to be doing when you have the baby? Where's your baby going to sleep in your house? And these are things that have never been considered because the goal is way before that. It's actually to conceive in the first place. However, this is why I believe that visualization is really important. How are you and your partner going to adjust your lives to welcome in that baby? Where will the baby be within the home as part of the family unit? And creating that strong visualization of this baby's already here and our life has adjusted accordingly. I think is so powerful. Yeah, no, no. I, I, do you know what? I've just literally just the other day launched my part three of my journey to motherhood. And that's exactly what I talked about. <laughs> oh my God, Scott thought I had lost the fucking plot, right? But every day I was listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer's I Am Meditation in the car on the way to go and sell cars or like as a, as a crazy ass powerful bloody car saleswoman um and, but I was like every day in the car I was saying to myself I am pregnant I am a mummy and I was doing the I am meditations I am meditations and then I did Louise Hayes she had some affirmations as well but for some reason Louise Hayes affirmations you've got to repeat them as she says them and they're on YouTube, so I'm listening away. And there's certain things that she says. Oh, I just start crying. I had to pull the car over. <laughs> so just certain things that she wanted. It was like, I can't remember what it was that she said. I am successful. So success is a big thing that I've realised for me. Realised this word. It was a trigger word, was it? A hundred percent. And then I love myself. And I literally was like, oh, fucking hell. Oh. I had to pull over on the M6. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh just beautiful. That type of release is so powerful. Oh, blimey. I could actually cry thinking about it now. I remember doing it. I remember doing it. But I remember that's when I went through my second round of IVF. But it was a different energy. I was a different person on the second round. A hundred percent. You've raised your vibrancy since then. Yeah. Oh, And then, I mean, that was four years ago, three years ago now. And, you know, I've gone on a bit of a journey after having Roman. But I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like, I do feel like I'm getting it back again. <laughs> You can, you can get there for sure because what we tell ourselves in our mind is obviously really important as above, so below, meaning that everything that you're uh, inputting visually and through thoughts is going to reflect in the body. Now, stress hormones play a huge role here. And for very successful or driven people, it doesn't mean they're busy in work, but they are busy people meaning that they're using lots of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Now, over time, that starts to deplete something called DHEA. And the DHEA is really important for fertility, really important. It's the precursor to both estrogen and testosterone. But you won't be creating sufficient DHEA if you're constantly creating cortisol. So mindful techniques, meditation, the mantras, visualization, they're all imperative 
are helping to release those stress hormones and invite in what's known as the parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest as opposed to the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight. So lots of deep breaths and visualization, in my opinion, is vital on this journey. Do you know what? It's really interesting you should say that about DHEA because that's what I kept getting told when trying for row. Um, your DHEA is gone. Your, your DHEA is really low. You need to take a DHEA. You can't buy it in the UK. You can get it over the counter in America, though. Apparently, you can get it from like um, health food stores. So would you ever recommend buying a DHEA supplement? Not without blood testing. So there are labs that you can use and do fingerprint tests, such as Thriver or MediChex. And the markers that I would be looking at are things like DHEA, estradiol, progesterone, sex hormone binding globulin, vitamin D, active B12, and folate. And in fact, while I'm at it, a full iron panel, so not just ferritin, and also a full thyroid panel. So not just TSH, and free T4, but also the thyroid antibodies and free T3. Now, all of those markers are going to give you a great picture about your endocrine health and also whether you have the right nutrients to create those healthy hormones. Vitamin D is really, really important for hormone production. Without having sufficient D, you really can't create those sex hormones, which are your estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. Oh God, did you know what? This has just been amazing today. Honestly, I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad you said you would come on this podcast because it's just been, I need to listen. To, I'm going to listen to this one <laughs> like about four or five times. <laughs> Thing is, I did say at the beginning, I did say at the beginning, it's going to be one of those ones that you're going to listen to over and over again because I knew you would be an absolute fountain of knowledge. Just well, one thing if I can ask you is, what about women's health in general? Because you get to, you, you see a lot of women, don't you really? And what's the I one do. thing, what, what's the one thing that you do see? Is it stressful lives? Is it stressful living? Is that what women are putting themselves through nowadays? Um, this is a difficult one. I have to say I see everybody. And that's, you know, it's not like I um, specialise just in fertility or just in menopause. I, I'm a big believer in women's health and everybody's root cause is completely different, be it that their bodies need detoxing or they need that nutritional angle so that the body can work properly or they need some hormonal support in the form of herbs. All of this pulls together to create a healthy female. And so I wouldn't say that there's one thing over another, but I would say that for everybody, they all need to detox. They need to open those six main elimination organs so that the body can then do what it needs to do best. So just going back to cleaning up the bowel, the liver, the kidneys, the skin, the the, uh, lymph and the blood, and the lungs once those things are working effectively your body will do what it needs to do gabby thank you so much for coming on my podcast i cannot thank you enough for your time i know you're a really busy lady you're difficult to get hold of as it is but where can people find you where can people find you you on you've got an instagram haven't you do you want me to leave that in the show notes i'll pop your instagram in the show notes Uh, at natural practices elderly in the show notes and it's naturalpractices.co.uk and i love speaking with people so just reach out via email health at naturalpractices.co.uk give me a quick download of what the main concerns are 
And I would love to start that conversation with you. That's amazing. Do people need to come and see you face to face or can, do you do Zoom consultations? Because well, obviously you're based in Old Liège, aren't you? Which is, which is in Cheshire, um, which it actually, it's actually one of my favourite places, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think Cheshire gets a lot of stick, to be fair, but Old Liège is beautiful. Um, yeah, it's beautiful where we are. Yeah. Um, no, Zoom, Zoom is fine. People obviously do come in person. We have a very uh, active, busy clinic but um, I'm available. However, <laughs> I'm always available. Gabby, thank you so much. Do you know what? I'm actually going to ask you to come back and do another podcast about menopause because there are so, I'm sort of reaching my mid forties and still trying for a baby. Yet I've got friends who are now going into the menopause. So I just think you could share so much as well for, for so many more women. So would you, would you come back and do another one? I would love to. I have a lot to talk about when it comes to the menopause. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you you so much for your time right once again i will leave gabby's notes in the sorry, i will leave gabby's um uh, details in the show notes so you can find her. i'll leave the website in there the email in there uh, and also how you can get hold of her on instagram as well gabby thank you very much yeah you're absolutely wonderful listen thank you so much for listening make sure that you find me on social media with at adventures of a geriatric mum you can also find me on facebook as well i love days like today when you feel like you've listened to somebody who knows their shit and is just giving it to you straight which is exactly what we all need to hear sometimes as well so yeah it's a it's put a massive smile on my face i hope it has yours as well if you have a friend who's going through infertility at the moment struggling with conceiving or just having a shit time with their health please share this podcast you will be doing them a favor right have a great week and i'll see you very soon thank you so much for taking a listen to my podcast find me on instagram and facebook at adventures of a geriatric mum where there's a link to the podcast that you can share with all your friends after all sharing is caring and you and i are best friends now